Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we are going to be talking about the seven biggest real estate mistakes. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you had a great week and we are here to talk about selling and buying mistakes in real estate. Um, Seems like a good time of year to talk about this kind of thing, don't you think, Leslie? Because there's all kinds of interesting things going on. Yeah, it's kind of a turbulent market. And um, so it's a good time to do it for that reason. But also because it's, you know, the typical seasonal summer slowdown. So now's the time to um, start making a plan and thinking about how you're going to handle your real estate needs so that when um, maybe it gets a maybe after August, um, when you're going at it whole hog, um, you're organized. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think I think by the time, you know, August comes around, end of August, beginning of September, things should pick up. Yeah. Again, there's, Definitely. yeah, there's a potential of another um, interest rate hike in September, but the inflation numbers were down yesterday. So I don't know if the Bank of Canada raises rates again, it won't make any sense to me based on what we're seeing with inflation. So, but it, it also didn't this yeah. time. So, you know, worst case scenario, and they do raise them when they announce on September 6th. What impact do you think that will have on real estate? I mean, I guess it's the same kind of impact that we've been seeing where people are just, I don't know, they're scared, cautious, or are they just taking it easy because it's summer. Like, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like I, I can't get a read on what's going on. It's, it's actually mm-hmm. really weird to me mm-hmm. because I feel like everything's so slow, but just, I don't really seeing prices dropping. No. They're just think, seeing nothing happen. Like nothing's happening. Which isn't unlike every summer. True. So yeah. So it's hard to know if the slowdown now is because of the most recent announcement or because it's, you know, the middle to end of July. Yes. Um, now, typically, the market picks up like right after Labor Day. And if they're making an announcement, I think the day after Labor Day, um, I mean, who knows how people will react to that? That's when t- p- people who are taking a break would typically come back into the market. Are they going to st- step back a bit, be waiting for that announcement and hearing it? Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Yeah, it, it's just... It's just all very odd. Like I can't quite put my head in the buyer or sellers. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I think either. what we've seen in the re- other recent uh, increases is people like take a moment to take a breath, mm-hmm. but then jump right in again. Mm-hmm. Like they get they take a little bit of time to take it all in, and you know see if the the sky falls yes but then at least with these previous announcements then they they get over it and Mm -hmm. and get active yeah so based on the past 
I have no reason to believe that wouldn't happen if mm-hmm. rates are increased again. Mm-hmm. So I think that regardless of an announcement, whatever the announcement is on September 6th, it'll be a busy fall. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is a lot of, the people I'm talking to, there is a lot of, I don't know, I don't even know how you'd phrase it, but people are interested. They're just like, eh, soon. Yeah, there's no sense of urgency. Yeah, no sense of urgency. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, fall is always the time for a new start mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, get moving again. Like, I think it's it's always the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to some sellers lately, and they have, like, express different concerns so they're afraid of selling Mm -hmm. because they're paying no mortgage or very low rate okay and they're afraid of what they might get into if they sell Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like status quo and i think that's contributing to the lack of inventory but uh, you know that fear i think is taking over some people who might otherwise be thinking of selling could be i guess i don't know you know, in the, in the dilemma is always, okay, so now I'm selling now what, like, where mm-hmm. am I going? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, what am I doing next? Like, are you. And if, having to pay more. Yeah. Than you, uh, than you were. And. So to nudge you to do that has to be a pretty, that's right. pretty significant life event change. Sure. Or you're, I think the best market right now are people who are downsizing, right? right. Like you're eliminating, right. you know, your bigger mortgage, and that, that to me makes sense. Like if yeah. you're in that position yeah. to, you know, whatever. like Lighten your load. Yeah, mm-hmm. kids have moved out. You're like, I'm just kind of waiting to do it. I guess now is a good time. Like that's what I would be mm-hmm. doing now, I think. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I guess everybody. But the people on the opposite end of the spectrum, so people who might be thinking of buying up now. Uh-huh. I could... I can, yeah. I can wrap my head around that concern. I think I can too. But I don't yeah. know if I'd just uh, do nothing about it. But I can understand why they, they're they saying that. Yeah, I can too. I can too. Like it makes me, I'm not worried about interest rates personally. It's just right. not how my brain works because yeah, obviously I'd like them to be lower, but I think of, I have five mortgages. <laughs> I think of real estate as as a long-term investment, as you know. So to me, it's like, eh, it's, we got, they were low for a long time. I'm not expecting it. Right. To stay like that. That's, you know. And that all being said, I don't know if there will be another increase. Like I, uh, I tend to think on the side of no. Yeah. You know what? I feel like you're probably right. I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. It's just been weird. So the this one was was it this month? I'm confused. Was it earlier this month that the latest one was? It was early July, wasn't it? Uh, June. It was wasn't it? June? Or no, it was July. July. Yeah. So is there anything we see happening that in that two month time there would be a reason for an increase? In fact, all the indicators yeah. point to not having another increase. It's all about inflation. Yeah. So, so what what would they see? What marker would they be looking at to increase it yet again? I don't see it. No. Yeah. So no. that's why I suspect there might not be one. Yeah. But you're right. Who, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, we're not even talking about our topic Yeah, we'll today. get on to the topic today. We're going to talk about what we consider seven of the biggest real estate mistakes that you can make. And there are some good ones here. We've, we've thought about it. We've racked our brains. We've come up with seven good ones. 
and we're going to, you know, some apply to buyers, some apply to sellers. Right. Okay. So number one is something we talk about all the time. So we won't belabor the point. I think we've probably beaten this one to death, but not preparing your home appropriately. And that includes not making those little, small, important cosmetic changes to get it ready. And that includes painting. That includes decluttering, some light staging, like all of those things that make it show the best. Right now, even in this market, when things are slow, I see such crap. Mm-hmm. I, and like, it's it's actually unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, people just like the photos are terrible. The the are, are photos another one, up. another one of our items? Or are we categorizing that in here? I, I think we're know. we're not. It's not yeah. one of our items, but we'll we'll kind of include yeah. this all in the same. Because I mean, you only get the opportunity to make a first impression once. Yeah. And I mean, when you go out at night to a fancy restaurant, you put on nice clothes. Like yeah. it's like crazy to me that you expect um, agents and buyers looking who are qualified and motivated looking for a house to buy mm-hmm. and you don't put your best face forward. That's right. Um, you know, another we're going to talk about this later on, but um one thing we always recommend, always is a big word, so maybe not always, but most of the time, is a home inspection done by sellers. And part of the reason for that is because it might identify some minor things that you could be doing before you go to market that would make a huge difference that you might mm-hmm. not even know about mm-hmm. if you don't do that home inspection. So you want to, um, you know, take care of any, you know, um, remedial work that you know you can do easily before going to market Mm -hmm. and then the aesthetic things you can do Uh like the painting Uh like the cleaning Uh like the deep cluttering like the depersonalizing as you say and i like the word you used for staging which is light staging we we don't really go generally whole hog as much as we might have maybe five years ago because we like to have properties that look more relatable yeah Yeah. relatable and uh so I like the phrase light staging but um and even now like in you know good weather months like don't forget about the outside of your house people are going to be driving by and like peering seeing that for sale sign up like do you really not want to put a little bit of money into your curb appeal and your fresh plants and yeah. flowers and making sure the grasses you know the one that gets me is like the, the grass not being mown oh i know mown mode you like, put it you put it all into the inside yeah and then and you forgot about yeah. the yeah i find even like i have to remind stagers about that yes like yeah well, they a, don't always do that right setting a nice outdoor sitting area is really important if you're selling anytime between may and october right. not so much in february but um so you have to um, make sure that um, your home stands out and you yeah. have to make sure it looks its best and that there's nothing, um, you know, obviously glaring. Um, you want people to look at your house objectively. You want yeah. people to look at your house like it's theirs, not like it's yours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a big one. Yeah, if we have not, if you have listened to us here on this podcast, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. So yeah, at the risk of 
Yeah. Repeating ourselves, it's important. Yeah. I mean, there are some cases where I would not recommend station staging, but they're very few and far between. Yeah. But even then, I would pay someone to mow the grass once a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yes. I would have it clean mow the and I would have grass. it decluttered. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like I'm thinking like an estate sale. An maybe, estate or something sale like or, that. but even yeah. still, even in those cases, we clean it up. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, okay. Number two, something also we've talked about many, many times, and this is really important right now as we're sitting here in July, and that is setting too high of a sales price. Setting a price too high is the kiss of death. Yeah. Every time, 100%. People will often say to me, well, I'd like them to come in with a low offer. Well, that doesn't work. People don't do that. They won't go near it. For the most part, you know, you may get one out of 10 that will bring in a low offer, but people do not give you low offers. They just don't. They they look at the price. They think that's what you want. And if there's not a offer t- presentation type situation. Um, so yeah, if you think it's worth a million and you're asking 1.2, right, you missed it. Yeah. And I think there's evidence to suggest that um, homes that are overpriced sell lower absolutely than homes that are um, appropriately priced yeah um so you know your agent has to help you here but um together you have to do your research and know what's going on in your neighborhood and what is you know the the strategy you want to pursue and um no strong stat- strategy includes setting the sale price too high. Yeah. I mean, it never has, no. never will. And we've talked about in the past that we won't take a listing. That's where the sellers have unrealistic sale prices. That's right. And if you are not on board with that, we've got problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need yeah, to... Yeah, we both have experiences with that. Yeah. And it never ends well. It never ends well. And you've got to be on the same page as your realtor in the first place, if you're not on the same page about price, you should, you know, not work together. I just right. don't think like that's the foundation of this whole relationship. Like you have to have an agreement yeah. and trust for what your agent is telling and you. And when you probe with sellers about why they have their mindset on that price so high, you often hear things like, well, that's what I need or yeah, that's what, um, that's what I want. Yeah. What, what I put into it, I have to, whatever. Right. but that, none one. of that is relevant. No, <laughs> it's like, what the, who cares? Yeah. But the market yeah. is only going to pay what it pays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want 6 million for my house, but I'm not getting it. Right. It, it doesn't matter what yeah. you, what you put into it or what you need because right. you're of your next move. That yeah. is totally irrelevant. Yeah. So, um, we're big proponents of the numbers and stats. And so do your research and, and, and uh, work with an agent who agrees with you on that. That's right. Okay, number three, buying what you want and not what you need. So I find this happens a lot with people who get kind of caught up in the purchase, whatever that may be, and in a hot market, especially when you're competing all the time and it's really hard to get something, you fall in love with something, you love the way it looks, you kind of eliminate or ignore all the factors about it that are not going to work for you because you've just fallen in love with the place and decide that you need it. And I've been guilty of this. Mm -hmm. I bought a house like this once Mm. um, and made it work, but it was not practical. And I lived the rest of the years there thinking, this was stupid. Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. none of this makes sense, but I wanted that house. And we have that experience showing buyers around all the time. I just had it the other day with a client who, um, we saw a house and she loved it. And, um, 
you know, I pointed out, but did you realize this? Or did you notice mm. this? Or what about that over there? And she's like, but I love the master bedroom. Right. Well, okay, so we can go somewhere and just buy a master bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, take a look at the house in its totality. You may want that master bedroom, but you might not need it, especially in the face of all these other things that might not be to your taste. Yeah, and I think it is really important to kind of check yourself all the time and go, okay, you know what? These are my must-haves. Yeah, I'll try to stick with that. But then sometimes you f- you see something that you fall in love with, and you're like, all of your must-haves have gone. Yeah, like you needed, you know, you really wanted or needed three bedrooms and two bathrooms, and all of a sudden this one has two bedrooms and one bathroom, but you're considering it because you love it. Well, yeah. you have to really make sure that you're doing the right thing. And yeah. I think that's, you know, just... I started worth working with a new buyer and I asked her when we start, when I first started working with her to give me a list or to email me her must-haves and her would-like-to-haves. Yeah. And she did that. But then I found it interesting that we went when we went to see a few places, she brought that list with her. Oh, And that walking is, around the smart. house, she would go, okay, mm-hmm. not three bedrooms. Okay, right. like checking it off. So there yeah. is somebody who is maybe overly but you know organized and using their head not their heart that's right I do think it has to be a combination so sometimes there are things you are willing to give up for a house you love but not not I would say not the must-haves yeah exactly would like to have their negotiable right like Mm -hmm. I really would like to have a walk-in closet but that yeah is not going to make or break right whereas like a parking space is yeah you know so those are things I think that you have to really Right. Yeah. Okay. We like it when people um, think with their heads, not their hearts. Yeah. Or at least the head is the guiding force. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fourth one is a fourth mistake, overlooking all of those extra costs associated with a purchase. And that includes land transfer tax. It includes HST if you're buying a new construction it includes moving costs and lawyers fees lawyers fees land transfer tax the land transfer tax is a huge one mm-hmm. if you're buying in toronto you know you pay two taxes so that's a ton of money from from the seller side that includes commission it includes title insurance for the buyer as well i forgot that one seller includes commission it includes so lawyer clearly fees more as well. more um extra and hidden costs for buyers and sellers yes there but, are yeah but the seller pays commission for both yeah uh realtors but you have to you know as you're including that in your calculations don't forget it one more thing that that people always forget and i think this is important for this is for sellers when you're paying commission there's HST on the price of commission. Mm-hmm. So that's something that people often forget. You think your commission is, you're going to be paying out is 40000 but then you've, oh, wait a second, there's HST on top of that too. And it's not insignificant. Mm-hmm. So you have to really remember, if you're buying new construction, again, you know, you may have to purchase the Tarion warranty from the builder. You may get it included, you may not. That's something to think about. HST, if you're not exempt, like there's all kinds of things that you have to think about when you're buying new construction too. Mm-hmm. Um, new construction condos, you've got a whole ton of builder levies that you have to really think about. These are very, can be very expensive and it really depends on the contract, but um, you know, there's that extra expense. There's, there's paying occupancy fees. You know, that's the, what people have to pay if they move into a new construction condo before the unit has registered. You're like paying rent to the builder. Like these are, 
these are big costs that you mm. may not know exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sit down with your realtor and say, okay, what are all my costs associated? Mm-hmm. And again, I, I don't know why I keep referencing new construction, but I think it's really important for somebody buying new construction is you have to say, okay, who's responsible? Mm-hmm. Like I'm buying an assignment. Who's responsible for all of these costs? Is it me or is it the seller or is it the builder who's doing right. it? So that this focus so far has been on the uh, hidden costs of of buying property, but I think it's also worthwhile at that early stage to give some general consideration to what's it going to cost to run this property when I own it. Mm-hmm. So what are my property taxes? That's what right. is my what does this place chew up in electricity or yeah, um, you know, water kind of thing or I it's don't know. and that's really important because like. It's gonna, not just your mortgage you're paying. And I'm going to take like an investor for a good example, right? Mm-hmm. Because someone who's buying an investment property, you got to think about property taxes because as someone who, I own property in different places, right? So my property taxes in Ajax are $5,000. My For a better property in Hamilton, it's like 2500 Right. And for just the same kind of property in Windsor, it's... 1500. Yep. Like on your monthly expenses, that's a lot. Right. So you have to really think about that. Right. You know? So I think that's something you have to think about before you buy. Definitely. What, what can you afford to carry? Exactly. Mm. Okay. And you know, you know, also, um, what kind of a slush fund you need, because certainly with houses, there's going to be ongoing expenses and emergency expenses that yeah. undoubtedly come up. I think, yeah. do they say to set aside 1% of your purchase price for I, every I year? I think so. And don't fool yourself. Yeah. Like, do not, just because you had that home inspection, yeah. don't think that you're going to move in and your roof isn't going to leak. Like, right. stuff happens just yeah. because it was fine two weeks ago. For some reason, furnaces break down the day after closing. Oh, yeah. Same <laughs> with appliances. Yeah. Like, appliances never work yeah. the day of closing. Okay. I don't get it. Uh, but that is true. I mean, it's, I would say for me, every single time I've moved in somewhere, like something major has gone wrong. Yeah, within I think weeks. that I think most people would say the same thing. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number five, um, I'm going to say skipping the pre-approval step uh, because we know better, and we always ask people whether they have been pre-approved when we're taking them out. But there are a lot of people out there who don't get the pre-approval, want to start shopping for a house and have actually no idea what they could afford. And as a listing agent, I sometimes get this problem with buying agents. So they've taken their client through, they're interested in my property. And all of a sudden they're like, Ooh, sorry, I I didn't realize like she's not Mm pre-approved. So don't waste anybody's time until you know exactly what you can afford. I mean, it's not, it's not only logical. Why would you go to see houses excited? If you don't know what you can even afford. Yeah. Just excited. Yeah. Now I remind people that bring, um, pre-approved or qualified or whatever it is, doesn't mean you're approved for a mortgage. No, it does yeah. not. But at least it gives you some basis of what to shop for. Mm-hmm. If the right. pre-approval says you can pay nine fifty then okay okay i can shop up to 950 yeah it okay. doesn't mean you're approved for 950 or whatever no it means it's a, it's a general framework from which to conduct your search exactly mm-hmm. um okay next one and this is a big one doing renovations or remodeling especially the major type before you sell so we get this question all the time people have us over and they're like 
I'm, I'm going to replace this. I'm going to replace that. I'm going to do this right before I sell. And probably the caveat here is like, sometimes you should, but right. you need to ask your realtor. Right. Because there are all kinds of things you can spend money on that are not going to give you any return on that investment. Right. And you are way better off making the place pretty and not spending the big bucks. Right. Than putting in, you know, brand new everything. And- you know, don't spend money on that marble countertop or like the most high-end appliances you can find and thinking that that's going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. Right. You know, um, right. no one's paying $50,000 more because you've got a better countertop. Right. Like they just aren't. <laughs> so now, I, I think there's value in doing like the little, little remedial yes. work. Like uh, if an outlet doesn't work or... I don't know if there's a dent in the wall, like just some wall repair kind of thing. But um, things that are obvious that might give a buyer the impression that you don't care or take care of the property. But going, you know, crazy on a renovation to sell um, might not make sense in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. agree. Talk to your realtor before doing that because you want to make sure that what you're thinking of doing is going to give you the return you expect on that investment because that's that's big. And the other thing is like, this is a big one. If you have a lot of work to do, don't spend money on renovating the bathroom when there's so much to do. It doesn't mean anything. Like if the whole place needs work, right? Oh, just I see pretty it up, right? So if the whole place needs work, but there's a stunning bathroom, it did, yes, and you <laughs> get that. Well, I'm just going to redo this bathroom to spend twenty five thousand, but you know the kitchen's falling apart and the floors are right. terrible. Right? Don't do it. Right. Don't waste your time. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. The um, the difference I would say is I would spend the money outside. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that probably mm-hmm. is true. Again, depending on kind of what kind of property you mm-hmm. have. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last one, and this is a big one for me that I want to talk about is not thinking about resale. And it's something that we mention here all the time, but when you are, I know you think you're going to live there forever, but in reality you might not. And you have to think about resale. If you, and I use this example about condos all the time. If you are buying a condo with a bad view, it's going to be a resale problem. If you buy a house on a street that's really busy, like I have, it's a resale problem. I was aware of that, but a lot of people aren't. If you buy something that doesn't have parking, it's a resale problem. So you have to always think about the future. Even if you don't think you're ever going to sell, trust me when I say you probably will. Mm -hmm. And you need to be looking at things that are mistakes. So that condo that you absolutely love that has the view of the garbages, <laughs> don't buy that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or the ones that sit over top of the gardener, bad idea, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I know another big one of yours is don't get rid of that bedroom to make a walk-in closet. Oh my God, do not get rid of that bedroom. Yeah. Do not lose a bedroom. Don't lose a bathtub maybe. And don't lose a bathtub. I, I kind of have a different take on both of those than you, but um, in, in general, I agree with the concept. Um, now, you know, if all you can afford is that condo on the gardener, I wouldn't do it. I yeah. would, I'd buy something else. Go to else. a lesser, yeah. less um, yeah. location. And, but, and I mean it. those ones that are like literally yeah, the balconies on I top know. of the gardener, right? Like not the one, like if you're 20 floors up, it's okay. Yeah. But like the, I'm Even talking there, like yeah. the sixth mm-hmm. floor of yeah. those buildings yeah. and you could spit on the people. Yeah. 
Don't don't buy those. So if that's all you can afford in that location, get a don't different location. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, my different, slightly different view on you is those fixed things like a parking spot view, whatever. Um, I agree in a hundred percent with you. But things like getting rid of a bathtub or getting rid of a bedroom, if they're easily returnable. Right. Then I say make that change for the enjoyment of your time living there. If you keep the the bathtub location, make it into a giant shower that, you know, someone could envision that they could put a tub back in there. Right. Then right. do it. If you can easily like demolish uh, some built in closets and throw a bed back in right. there, then I say do it if it's right. gonna help you enjoy your house. Right, right. Um but those um, you know, fixed um criteria. Yeah. Um, definitely um, be aware of those. Yeah, exactly. Don't do them. All right. I guess that's uh, that wraps it up today. That was mm. our seven real estate mistakes, which we we think are good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, we have lots more. So maybe we'll even continue this we'll do at another eight, time. We'll do from 8 to 15 next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on what else has happened in the real estate world. Um, okay, so yeah, if, as always, if you have questions about anything, just reach out. We are happy to answer them. Um, and I, again, ask you to please rate our podcast. That means a lot to us. Thank you so much. And um, also make sure you're following us on all of our social channels, which is at the Janelle Cameron team. And other than that, we wish you happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com, that's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com, or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.